0: I'm your coach, Elizabeth, and today's guest is Matt Labrie. He is the host of Decoding Success, which is a top 1% ranked podcast. He's also an award-winning entrepreneur. He is Queens through and through. We had such a great chat. We talked about just success, right? What does that really mean to be successful? He's interviewed everybody from Real Housewives to Mel Robbins and Lewis Howes and Damon John. He's just got a lot of people in his network. and. He's just one of the most authentic people I've met in a long time and I really enjoyed our chat and I think you guys will too. Matt, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. You guys, this was a huge get. I have been listening to Decoding Success, which is Matt's podcast, for a long time now. And I swear to God, he's got heavy hitters from, you know, Mel Robbins to then like Housewives. I mean, I love the diversity in there. Grant Cardone mixed with like, yeah, Housewives. But I feel like you're so good at being able to distill down what is the genius of these people and give it to us in an hour. So thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. I'm very grateful to be here with you. And thank you for the kind words, too. Let me throw that in in there.
0: I love it. Well, so so you are very proud to be from New York. You're a New Yorker, Queens specifically. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was, what, what role do you think growing up in New York, and specifically Queens, played in your ultimate success and your mindset? Because we know mindset is such a huge piece of success. But I'm from the Midwest. I feel like that's a different mindset. Now I'm in LA, that's a different mindset. So how big of a role do you think being a New Yorker played in your success?
1: A major role. I think it was a major role, but I think what it comes down to is essentially the people that you get surrounded with while living in an area like this, right? I mean, I met so many people at just such a young age too, right? Just growing up, playing baseball, playing basketball, going to school, hanging out on The street where I lived, right, I just met so many people and being able to meet so many people led me to being exposed to more and more ideas, more and more perspectives. And although I wasn't necessarily looking at it that way as a kid, as everyone got older and I saw the path everyone was taking, you see what's possible for yourself. This person becomes a restaurant owner. This person becomes a mechanic. This person becomes a public speaker. And it's just like, wait, like, what do I want to do? And I I think there was a major, major impact just being born and raised here.
0: And I feel like, too, you know, you talk about some quote-unquote failures that you had, right? All of it, like through high school into adulthood, growing up from divorced parents. My parents are divorced as well. And I feel like New York is this place where there's no option to just, when you get knocked down, stay down.
1: Do you agree? I do. and I'll, I'll be honest. By the way, there were not just some failures. There are many failures. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I just don't like but, that word
0: failure, right? We both know they aren't,
1: but. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I was definitely down for a few of them. But like you said, you, you can't stay down. And I almost felt in numerous instances just, and again, I guess piggybacking off what I just said, just being, with, being around who I was surrounded with, the proximity of that made me get up. Right. So that alone made me get up. And then, of course, like a city like this, it's moving so quickly. But I don't necessarily feel I get impacted by that. It it was just more so the the people I was in proximity to lifting you up just by their energy, by their presence, by what they're doing. You see it and you're like, wait, like I got to get back on the horse, you know?
0: Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey? If you're new to Matt or his show Decoding Success, why don't you give us you know, a little bit of background, what some of these obstacles were that came, what were some of the breakthrough moments and how you ultimately got here today?
1: Many, many, many obstacles. Um, troubled childhood, without a doubt, you know, just that class clown. And I, I mean, um, I'll keep it brief. You know, I never did good in school. Mm. And it, regardless of that, it still got me to where I was today. But at the end of the day, I think ultimately just from a childhood perspective and growing up with divorced parents, I did any and everything to get their attention, which was ultimately bad attention. You know, me getting in trouble, it led to me not getting accepted into any high schools in New York. You're allowed to apply to three private high schools, and then obviously you get zoned into a public school if you don't get into any of them. Mm -hmm. So my parents, you know, they wanted me to go to private school, but I didn't get into any. Luckily, I was an athlete at the time. So, you know, some under the under the rug stuff went down politics per se. But it didn't it didn't last. It didn't last. It didn't last. I got kicked out. I got kicked out of high school twice. I lost my dream of playing professional baseball my senior year in high school. Every scholarship I had to college was just out the window. I tore the labor in my shoulder, went to college and. Ultimately, kind of the same thing, being that I went to private school my whole life. I mean, no one in college is telling you to go to class. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to smoke weed and just skip. And I did, and I failed out, you know? So, but that's when things started to turn around. You know, things really started to turn around probably my second or third year in college. This is right after I was watching my mother battle cancer. And I'm like, you know what? I can't go out like this. I, I can't go out as the kid that just didn't get it done. You know, sports was how I was always achieving. And then it was making money, which is how I was achieving. And that was part of the reason that led to me failing out as well. But when I went back, I said, you know what? I'm going to lead. And that's exactly what I did. I, I got back on the horse and I led. I ended up at a college where, you know, kids there just didn't have the opportunities I did. I mean, at this point, I'm a business owner in college in my early 20s, making a lot of freaking money working with the likes of 50 Cent, Fetty Wap, Housewives, Mob Wives, Jersey Shorecasts. And doing really well for myself. And I'm seeing these people around me and I'm like, you know what? Like, they just don't have these opportunities. How can I bring this about? So I became a student leader and that led me to work with Damon John of Shark Tank. And then I worked with Damon and now I'm, I'm hosting a podcast. I mean, that was the best summation I can give you of the journey thus far, but that's where we are.
0: Well, and you, you've interviewed, you've had so many interesting interviews and I love it because you get spiritual, you get really tactical and then how people can use that as an application in their lives. Lately, you've been posting a lot of great content on like male healing and, you know, emotional depth and maturity. And so I'm wondering, too, of the percentage of people that you've interviewed on Decoding Success, how many of them would you say probably had a rough childhood or had some some sort of hardship to overcome?
1: Yeah. I mean, all of them have had hardships, right? Every single one of them. I mean, depending on the guest, like everyone's journey is obviously unique. Everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, we're talking about people that have been, you know, physically abused in their childhood. But we're also talking about people that have been walked all over in business. We we get a a very, very diverse cast. But ultimately, all of them had had obstacles. And the best part about it is you see where they are regardless of those obstacles. And it's just like, you know what? We're all going to go through it at some point. But without those experiences, we're not going to be able to reach that next level. Or maybe we can reach that next level, but we're not going to be as prepared for it as if we didn't face that obstacle, you know?
0: Yeah, I love that. I wouldn't say that my childhood was hard. But there was some shit that went down, you know, and divorced parents, you know, sometimes calling the cops on each other, like stuff like that. Like there was some stuff that wasn't great. And it's so interesting because I'm married to somebody who had a very picturesque childhood and it comes out, right? Like you bring your trauma into your marriage or whatever. And it's so interesting because there's been a lot of times when he's looked at me and he's like, All of those things that you complain about, you know, like that was so hard. And now that we have children, it's like, well, I didn't get that. You know what I mean? I'm like thinking and him and I will talk about it later. And he's like, but that's how that's what made you who you are. And I think we attract other people like that in our lives who not necessarily like these wounded birds, but I think people have had to go through some shit to get to the other side. And it just, it does, it changes something in your brain. And then when those people are drawn to you, like your guests, like your clients for your branding agency, like all of that stuff, I think that ultimately it just rises, it just raises all of us up. Would you agree?
1: I do. I very much so agree. I'm very much so in alignment with what you just said. And it, it's When I look back over my life to see what I was attracting at certain points of my life, even, you know, relationships, friendships, and whatever else, right? Where I was, was exactly who I was attracting. And the minute I hit the next level, those people were no longer in my life or still in my life, but not to the capacity because I don't like to burn bridges, right? And I'm not here to judge where anyone else is in their life. You know, their life is their life. They live it the way they live it for a reason. But I find that so fascinating to see you're making me realize this now as I'm looking back, like who I was hanging out with in my early 20s, who I was dating in my early 20s and, you know, I guess who was just being attracted into my life from whatever it was that I experienced then where I'm going now.
0: But at least you had the awareness of that then to make changes, right? Like to your point, I think that when we start to ascend or grow or expand, we're on a different vibrational plane than some of the other people, right? And they either have to rise up to meet you or they will fall away. Like the universe will just clear them out. But I think sometimes people get stuck in this limbo in between, right? They're trying to grow, but yet they still have the crew that is very much invested in keeping them how they were prior to that growth, right? So did you ever experience that? And because you talk about some people, you know, had to kind of not be in your life anymore or at least very close in your inner circle.
1: Was that tough to cut some of those people loose? You know what? I think the hard part about it was, you know, and being that I'm a guy, right? Like we have locker room talk and I'm sure females have their own version of that per se. But like, for me, I think it was hard because I was getting made fun of by people that I was close with. Not in like this negative way where like they were trying to be a-holes, but you know, they, they were nagging and it was annoying. And I did experience that. And That part of me definitely pulled me back into those circles at times. But I think it's hard to move on from anything, you know, a relationship, a friendship, anything in between. I I think they become a part of you. They're, They're a part of your life. And although I don't necessarily think I had the awareness to say, you know what, this group isn't serving me, you know, certain points of my life. What I did realize was the opportunities I wanted. For instance, I'll give you a random example. I was working at Party City. It was my first ever job. And it was my, you know, freshman year in college. It was a seasonal job. And all my friends are like, hey, like, where are you? Where are you? Like, you're not hanging out. You're not doing this. Let's go out. Let's do that. was yeah. like, you know what? Like, I want to work. I want to make the money. And I think what it was for me that really exposed it, it was less my awareness. It was more what I wanted and who wasn't getting after what I wanted, which exposed them, if that makes sense. A hundred percent.
0: I think it always kind of shines a light on dreams that they've postponed or maybe even totally given up on. And so it can be very uncomfortable to be around somebody who's really, you know, success focused or at least has some short-term goals that they're really hustling to achieve. And when you're not doing that, it's all reflection, right? It's all like, why am I not vibing with this person anymore? You've changed, you know, what's different? You think you're better than us or whatever. Like it can be all of those things. I always warn clients, I'm like, be, beware of the well-meaning family and friends. Like, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. It, it just means that they don't necessarily understand why you feel you need to move to a new city or start a new business or become, quote unquote, a big shot. Oh, you think you're a big shot now? You know, like things like that. And, and those can come off as little jokes. Like, I think guys, too, they might joke and kind of like rib each other, if you will. But it's these little digs. It's And it's meant to kind of keep you down and keep you in your place.
1: I 100% agree. Those hurt. And I, I've i yeah. actually got to a point with my current friend group, you know, I, I refer to them as my brothers. I don't have a brother. I have a younger yeah. sister. I, I would have loved a brother. And I find myself even to this day and many years ago, always hanging around older individuals and... My current group, we kind of just have like this path where it's like, listen, we don't no locker room talk, none of that, because at the end of the day, those digs hurt. And I will say that there are times where I'm guilty of still being playful in that manner because conditioning, but I'm becoming more aware of that and trying to, well, first of all, apologizing when it happens, because I know when I'm on the receiving end of that, I don't like it. I really, really don't like it. I've been told I'm sensitive. I've been told I need a man up, this, that, the other. And it's like, no, like, I just need to not hang out with you if that's how we're going to talk okay. to one another, because I'm not I'm not down with it, you know?
0: Yeah, I think for women, it it can be something similar. It's not like the playful joking, but there there are certain girls that I go out with and they give you the up down. You know, they just they're, they're looking at you. They're looking. I feel, you know, women always go to their thighs. I'm like, they're looking at my thighs. They're judging I don't have really, women gap go into right the thighs? I think women, absolutely, because you can categorize a woman pretty quickly by the size of her thighs. Like, she loves herself, she loves life, okay. or she's probably, you know, on a Peloton three hours a day, and if she's that judgmental on herself, she's going to be judging you. Like, was always mm. kind of how I thought. So I always wanted to be around more fluffy girls who are out there having fun and like loving on themselves. Versus other ones, I love women who are fit, but it made me insecure. see there's that there's that reflection again of like then it it turns into a judgment. so it's so it's so interesting that you say that, but I feel like that's just such a huge part of quote unquote achieving success is these people that you surround yourself with. So what advice because you've interviewed everybody? Number one, I want to hear like, what's the best piece of advice that just like is on repeat for free in your head, but then also, what advice could you give somebody who may be listening and they're like they're feeling a little stuck, they're not quite sure if they can chase that dream or that they can share that with somebody cuz they're not sure if they trust them. How can you build that new group of support around you or attract it?
1: So let's start with that first question. What's on repeat in my mind is from a gentleman named John Gordon, and I think this will potentially help those with the second question as well, but there's a book called The Energy Bus by John Gordon. A fantastic so book. Good. Have you read it? Oh, you've yeah. read it. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, so, oh, so you I really know what that I'm going to say. Do I listened to that episode when when you had him and it was amazing. And I think it maybe it was on Ed Milet too. But I mean, like, oh, yeah, Energy Bus is the jam.
1: Yeah, he he's really, really good. And in that book, and he said it on my show as well, and I had to give him credit for it because the, I wish I have it tattooed on me. I don't have it. I wish I had it tattooed on me. It's. E plus P equals O. And what that stands for is events plus perspective equals the outcome. Yeah. Right? Like, we can't control the events that we go through in life, but we can control the perspective and how we perceive that event. And obviously, listen, if you're going through a breakup and you're listening to this right now, it's really hard to be like, you know what? This is the best for me. Unless it was really, really bad. Like, I I get it. I'm not trying to be, like, the person that never is upset or angry yeah. or you know wants things to go their way. Trust me, I am that person. I, but uh, <laughs> you know, when you can take yourself 6 months down the line and then look back, how you perceive that event is what's going to determine the outcome. Maybe not right in the moment, but I think that is the best piece of advice I've ever heard in my life. And I'm I'm 30. So 30 years of life, I mean, that right there was like total mind-blown. It it clicks so much. So I mean, I've also done 270 something episodes of a podcast. So, like, it's hard to only give one, but if I were, it would be that one without a doubt. I think
0: he also said, too, like, by the time you recognize opportunity, it's too late. I feel like he said that, too. And it was like, just being prepared. Right. And I think, I think when you can have that healthy perspective, Matt, that is when you, instead of having to grind and hustle, you actually just allow it to manifest in your life. So, yeah. I would love to get your take on, because you've, You've got so much insight from your guests and just your own experience. Do you still believe that a grind and hustle culture is the thing that's going to get people the closest to success or to their goals?
1: I I don't. I am still guilty of using the word grinding or on the grind or hustling. And I just read a book called Battle Cry by Jason Wilson, an incredible individual. I believe the subtitle is Waging and Winning the War Within and in the book he talks about the term grinding essentially breaking down the word grind to exactly that grind means break down and when we're grinding we're breaking down ourselves and when i read that i'm like you know what i got to stop i i got to change my i got to change my vocabulary because yeah. over the past few years i've very much so changed the way that i work I, i'm not saying getting after it isn't good you know like you you have to show up you have to put in the work without a doubt but at the same time i think if you turn inward you will get there faster right and i'm guilty of this because i self-sabotage to the point where i blew eighty thousand dollars in my mid-twenties and eighty thousand dollars is a lot of money like yeah. that's a lot what did you blow it on living above my means <laughs> to try to fit in
0: yeah that's hard to that's hard not to do in New York, like in L.A., yeah. you know, but I totally agree because there it's like what you're wearing. Right. It's like that. It's like what you're wearing. And it just it like triggered a piece because I worked for this for vitamin water when it was very little. And then when it sold, everybody who had stock and I had some, but there were people in New York who like had a lot of stock. Right. They were like very early on. And it was hilarious because everybody went out and bought like the big Beamers, you know what I mean? And like pulling up to the Whitestone office there. And then everybody was just like, airmazed out, you know, Gucci'd out, just dripping. And it was great. But our founder, Mike Rapoli, you know, he wears basketball shorts and a Mets t-shirt, you know, and I think he was looking at all them, like just shaking his head, like do what you want. But like, this isn't really something that's going to make you feel successful at the end of the day. It's really for other people.
1: So you want to know how synchronistic this conversation is? Mike and I went to high school together. I Not, was just going to
0: say, he went to St. John's, right?
1: He went to Christ the King. Okay. Christ the King Regional High School. We didn't go together, but we went to the same high school. I didn't put that together. You mentioned his name right before this conversation or potentially in the beginning of it. He wrote uh, he
0: wrote my blurb on the back of my book. Him and so Rohanosa.
1: I didn't put this together until just now. You mentioned Vitamin Water, and I'm like, you know what? The founder of Vitamin Water went to my high school, and yeah, that is—I'm 99% sure he went to Christ the King. Next time you talk to yeah. him, I ask him. But that's very oh, well. synchronistic. Yeah, no, but
0: and that's what—that's why, like, I get this this vibe from you too, right? And it's like this because Mike always says, I mentioned this before we started. You know, he's like, I'm just Mike from Queens, and for somebody who is a billionaire now and with body armor and all of this stuff, he's still one of the most down-to-earth men I've ever been exposed to. And I started with him when I was 21. And it's so funny, we were on a crew drive in Chicago, little, like from middle of nowhere, you know, Missouri. Michael Goldstein, this guy who was in charge of our internship program was like, hey, if you want to move to Boston for the summer, you can come and sell vitamin water, which I did. I schlepped it in a cooler up and down Mass Ave, you know, all that stuff. We go to Chicago for this crew drive and we're in like some crappy TGI Friday's hotel restaurant out by Midway Airport. And I'm early, right? Because I'm excited. I'm 21. and I go and I sit at the bar next to this guy and he's like, oh, what are you here for? And I'm like, oh, man, like I have this internship with this amazing company. It's vitamin water. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much better than Gatorade. You got to try it. I'm like selling this, dude. And then everybody else comes down for the dinner and it was Mike. And I was sitting there selling this guy. You know, he's the founder. And ever, I swear, ever <laughs> since that day, I was good with Mike. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, think he, he could trust me. And at one point I left the company because I thought I'm going to wear a suit, you know, and I'm going to go to an office on Michigan Avenue and I'm not going to fill up 7-Elevens with vitamin i w- I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm better than that. Right. And he kept checking on on me and he's like, just let me know when you want to come back, when you realize that like that isn't where it's at. And I came Mm. back and he gave me my shares back. And, you know, we were tight from then on. But I feel like there's just, there's this magic of people from Queens. And I love a Jersey girl too. Like anybody from the East Coast, I just feel (laughs) like, but I felt like early on, he taught me that like the clothes and like that kind of stuff was actually not going to make you feel valued. It was the freedom you were going to get and it was the respect you were going to get from your peers.
1: It's really interesting. I, I wish I had someone that, taught me that because I I come from a household where my mom really cares about her appearance. You know, we we went to, on Christmas Eve, I went with her to my aunt's house and she wore this massive mink coat, like to my aunt's house. Like, where are you wearing this to? You know, like, yeah, I get it. You need a time to wear it. But I very much so got caught up in that, you know, where it was just, you know, what are you wearing? What are you driving? Just how you mentioned women look at the thighs, guys look at the sneakers, guys go right for the sneakers.
0: I thought it was the watch. Yes. It's the sneakers. Okay.
1: Depends on depends on the crew. Depends on yeah. the crew. I around the gentlemen that I, I have been around my life. They go from the sneakers and up, and they end at your hairline. I'm I mean I'm receiving. There you go. So instead of an up down, it's a down up. It's a down up. It's a down up. But I very much so got caught up in that, and you know what? I'm still transitioning out of it. So yeah, it's a, it's a part of the process without a doubt.
0: Well, so you actually just walked around New York asking New Yorkers how they define success, but I would love to hear how you define success, Matt.
1: Oh, man. I, I don't know how I define success, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to close my eyes, take a breath, and see what comes up, though. So let, let's try this. Let's see. Wow. All right. I would define success as pursuing. Wow. So. Let me break this down. I'm going to work backwards here. Finding what you're passionate about and pursuing it endlessly. That journey right there is success. Not what comes at the end of it, but, and that might sound a little cliche, but the reason I'm saying that is because I think what that will do for you is allow you to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, where you want to do it, how you want to do it, all of that, like combined into one. The reason I'm saying that's my definition of success is because that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, And I, at the moment, am very passionate about my podcast. I pursue that relentlessly. Like, I have the best time doing it. I worked all morning. I can't even believe it's 3.30 p.m. here. Like, I I really can't even believe that because I didn't even look at the time. So So for me, that's what success is, just this relentless pursuit of what you're passionate about. And, you know, what happens along the way is going to happen. You know, where it's going to land you is where it's going to land you.
0: Yeah. I love that. My My word for the year is excitement. I feel like mm. as long as you're excited, you're excited about your life, then it's all good, right? Like even if, even if you don't necessarily know where the car is going, you can just be excited to be in it and to be on the ride. And I think to your point, when you can take those moments and be present in them, then that's when you know you're winning. I want to ask you, how did you know that podcasts were going to be such a huge thing? Because here's the thing, you have this ability to like know something before it's a trend and before everybody else runs to it. How did you know that this was going to blow up?
1: I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I really don't even listen to podcasts. You know, like when, when I was working for Damon John of Shark Tank, I, I was working in Manhattan, I would have to commute in and occasionally I would throw one on just for the sake of it. I, I love Lewis Howes. I met him. Yeah, really great he's the guy. Best. such a good guy. I have a, you know, friends that work with him now, which is a yeah. very long story, but it's funny. So he would really be my go-to to actually listen to. And I'm I'm a book guy, you know, so for me, when I was working with Damon, I was working on all of his digital branding initiatives, whether it be his content, the the release of his physical book, which is right over here, his podcast, his courses, all of that type of stuff. And when I left, I'm like, you know what, what can I do right now? And I had an intern that was just like, dude, you need to start a podcast. You need to start a podcast. He was an intern, then an employee, and he's a very good friend of mine. I was just texting him right before this. And I was like, when am I going to do this podcast that you want me to do? Right. Like, I'm working Monday through Friday. Saturday, I'm in office as well. Like, I don't have the time. But yeah. I was speaking at colleges and universities. He's like, I'm telling you, this is, like, the route for you to reach more people. So I can't say that I knew it, but the universe knew it for me, right? As opposed, like, it was just pulling me towards that through him. And next thing you know, December 4th, we launched. 2018. So it's it's been quite some time very consistent, but I, I can't say that I knew it, but now I love it. You know, I just, I jumped in.
0: It's so great, right? Like this, this is your job. Like this is, mm. I, I love it too, because I think, God, I just get exposed to so many interesting people and have so many incredible conversations. And you feel like you're getting this wonderful free advice from all of these experts, right? Bingo! It's huge. And to be able yeah. to have those conversations to your point, like your circle, Like when I first started, like your books behind you and mine behind me, these were my mentors. These were my, this was my invisible crew who I felt like as long as I was reading their stuff, it was gonna have the same impact as, you know, maybe the friends that I was spending time with. Mm. So I always tell people, start with these great books, start with podcasts. You know, podcasts are this amazing free resource and Decoding Success has some of the top people. Like Lewis Howes was my entry point into podcasts as well. But I feel like if you're not, Maybe you listen to this podcast, but not a lot lot of other ones. Definitely check out Decoding Success because I love the way that you interview. I feel like it's this wonderful new perspective to a lot of the questions that you ask these guests and they seem really engaged. So you guys definitely check out Decoding Success. And I just wanted to kind of like see if there were any closing thoughts that you would love to leave our listeners with, maybe something to keep in mind along this journey.
1: Yeah, I will say color code your bookshelf like Elizabeth. It is it is very <laughs> impressive. See OCD. Um- I love that, by the way. I'm looking at mine. I'm looking at yours. I'm like, yeah, I need to color code mine. Although my books don't even fit on the shelf. All three of these are like about to fall down, by the way. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. Final closing thoughts. First and foremost, I'm going to express gratitude and say thank you. That's number one. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. I very much so appreciate it. I appreciate the way you conduct your interviews and the way that you go about what you're doing with your show. So thank Thank you. you. That is first and foremost. And then secondly, I kind of already said it, you know, like the whole events plus perspective equals outcome thing but i'm i will say this right and it goes back to what mike said and what or how you introduced me to just like no matter where you are in the world no matter what it is you want to do you can do it right just because you're not from queens doesn't mean you can't do what i'm doing or just because you're not from the midwest doesn't mean you can't do what elizabeth is doing and i think that's a really important point to make because no matter where you're from there's a gift that you've been given from for being from that place. You know, whether you're in a blue zone or a major city like that's a true gift. Tapping into that gift is the absolute key and whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to be it does not matter where you are, it's possible for you.
0: Oh my god, I love it. I always tell people too, you're never trapped. You know, the door yeah. to the cage is never locked even though it may be very convincing that it is. You always have a choice. So I love that. Thank you for your time today, Matt. Everybody check out Decoding Success. All the links are in the show notes. And hopefully you'll come back again. Can't believe you're only 30. I can't imagine (laughs) what kind of wisdom you're going to have in the next five or 10 years. So promise you'll come back.
1: I will. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.